Thank you for listening to this artist talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. In this live recording, Gary Stewart explains Doppelganger, the work of the Australian Dance Theatre that is included in the exhibition Versus Rodan, Bodies Across Space and Time. This exhibition is showing until the 2nd of July 2017. Please join me in uh, welcoming and congratulating Artistic Director of Australian Dance Theatre, ADT, Gary Stewart. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Uh, I just want to introduce our dancers. Uh, guys, if you just want to come back on stage for a moment. Um, uh, maybe they've disappeared. Oh, here they are. So. <laughs> so great work, guys. Thanks very much. This is, this is Chris Mills, Tom Fanua, Zoe Dunwoody, Kimball Wong. Felix Sampson, Matt Roth, and uh, so all these, these masks are photographs of Matt, and we had the, the masks printed up in the States. They're 3D printed. They're quite hard. They're not flexible masks. Um, so what's it like dancing in the mask, Kimball? <laughs> I think it's tricky because they, they don't have any peripheral vision, and dancers rely on peripheral vision to see each other to dance in time with it, each other for, in synchronicities. So that's been probably one of the bigger challenges. And also no way to, to wipe off the, the sweat when they're dancing. So, but um, you, you, you do it to great effect. So thank you very much. So um, well done, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, you can go and relax now. <laughs> thank you. Um, um, I, I did want to uh, ask Matt how he felt being, you know... Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 fantastic. I think he's kind of quite thrilled and daunted at the same time that everyone is wearing his mask, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the most sort of uh, Orwellian uh, type of moment <laughs> yeah. when, when you become not just, um, not just doubled, but... Um, multiplied by five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Doppelganger, um, you know, we we're so delighted when, um, when Gary and I were introduced by Lisa Slade, but this also came about a little bit when um, I met Ira Swan, who also works for um, ADT, and I was like, I'd really, really love to do something with ADT. I'm working on this crazy show versus Rodan. You know, lots of bodies, but we need real bodies and we need moving bodies and, and, um, and different bodies. And, and, uh, and she was like, I think, I think we can make it happen. <laughs> so subtly behind the scenes with lots of different um, machinations, you know, it's such a pleasure to be able to, um, to see your extraordinary company of dancers under your direction make a work in response to uh, an exhibition um, and something that is so powerfully contemporary, something that's totally of the 21st century, um, and also something that you know embraces 3D printing as well. Those masks mm. are phenomenal. Mm. And weirdly, the number of times that people say, you know, I didn't even notice that they were. And I was like, really? Surely you noticed those are masks? But um, but um, no, they're they're very good, <laughs> very good copies. Yeah, it's it's interesting in rehearsals when the the dancers have the masks on. 
you, you kind of momentarily forget who they are and you just respond to this kind of neutral face that's looking at you. And uh, yeah, it's quite a little bit disconcerting and um, because the sort of usual cues of communication, uh, of in intercommunication are missing because you're just sort of looking at this blank face and you don't really know what the dancers are thinking and feeling. So, so that was kind of slightly strange. They could have been pulling terrible faces at me while I was rehearsing, I wouldn't have known. But, um, yeah, the, uh, it was kind of, it's been great uh, that we could do this here at, at the gallery. We've, I've been talking to Lisa for some time, Lisa Slade, the other curator, um, about uh, the company being installed at the gallery. We've been chatting and we sort of would meet every few months and throw around lots of ideas. So it was great that Lee came uh, along with the Versus Rodin concept. And the key thing for me, I think, in responding to Versus Rodin was the, um, when Lee started talking about the fragmentation of identity uh, and also the, 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 I guess, the, the embodiment of emotions, which is so evident in the work of Rodin. And uh, so that was sort of a real key trigger for me to come up with the concept of doppelganger, uh, because the doppelganger is um, it's a, it's a German 19th century literary term. Uh, it's this twin figure that sort of lurks in the background that sort of usually um, uh, sort of brings a sort of a, a kind of a, a mood of foreboding and ill fate and doom. And there's sort of a slightly homoerotic sort of uh, subtext to it as well. So kind of really interesting. And also an, an, a sort of an uncanniness and a quasi-horror. And so we basically took that and sort of um, just kind of created this uh, I, I, work that's quite ironic to all of those uh, kind of subtexts. Um, so it was sort of really about the split identity and, and the, the multiplicity of identities within the singular self. And, and that had been a concern of mine in some of my theatre pieces for Australian Dance Theatre. Uh, we made a work in 2010 for the festival uh, called Be Yourself, uh, which was absolutely about uh, the fluidity of selfhood and how the self feels like a kind of a constant, absolute, flowing narrative, but when, upon analysis it's actually quite fractured and fra fragmented and there are many, many parts to us that we kind of like have to work to bring together. And, and so that sort of really fitted into the theme of this amazing exhibition, the work of Rodin, uh, and, and then hence Doppelganger. And also the, you, men you mentioned in other conversations we've had is that, you know, how people present themselves externally versus internally and also ideas of transitional bodies and mm. and um, and uh, you know and um, you know how to represent how to represent you know the very sort of changing 21st century body as well yeah yeah well, well the, the, the actual I think the etymology of the word um, persona is a Greek word meaning mask so I, I think that's sort of quite pertinent. Uh, and that, um, that all these masks are aspects of, of, of Matt's psyche and, and sort of Matt's personality that he's sort of trying to come to terms with and muster and bring together. Um, we've also sort of created sort of some quite ironic little postmodern quotations to, to, toward Rodin in other sections of the work, not the section that you saw today, but we've made quite a num number of sections that we're performing over the next few months. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's actually, we, we sort of do reference uh, the, 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 the physical gestures of the Rodin, um, of the Rodin sculptures within the work as a sort of a, yes, as a sort of in quotation marks.
Yeah, and those, um, you know, looking um, looking through this gallery into you know, the um, the body across space and time gallery, and um, in the foreground is a work by Ugo Rondinone called Nude, and it's based on a dancer in repose, which is you know dancers are required to be so controlled in their movement. Mm. Ideas of sort of synchronicity, repetition are mm. are often key to you mm. know um, performing as a company. But um, beyond her is. Uh, the Three Shades, um, which was um, at the at, um, designed to go at the top of the um, the the gates of hell, one of Rodin's unrealized um, projects, and it's the same figure which has been um, duplicated three times, but just pivoted in um, in, uh, in in different angles, but um, present as three different figures. Mm. So you know, there's a there's um, there's a, a a real sort of formal as well as mm. conceptual link to. Um, I guess to, to some of those um, sculptural um, principles and, mm. and um, processes and techniques and, and then to have this space um, enlivened, animated and embodied by mm. your extraordinary dances and ideas is just um, you know, a phenomenal sort of uh, thing to, to witness um, and also um, I guess speaks across a hundred years to mm. the fact that when you know, in Rodin and his studio he would often it would be populated by dancers, um, contemporary dancers of his time, who he would, um, he said, rather than ever put a, a model into a pose, he would wait until the gesture or the moment arrived and then ask them to hold that and then um, uh, proceed to, to model something that which would um, may remain in plaster, may go into clay or, or in many cases was then um, eventually cast into bronze. So thank you so much for sort of enlivening the, the space with, with such a um, uh, such a work of art which is um, completely of, of our time and of this time. Well, it's absolutely our pleasure to be performing in the gallery and, and there's certainly been a, re a re-emergence of of live performance art in gallery contexts and, and particularly with contemporary dance because I think contemporary dance in the last 15 years in particular um, is sort of shifting into a more conceptual place which is much more aligned with uh, the concerns of visual artists. So I think that's sort of been actually really great timing. Uh, and I just want to finish off by mentioning that over the duration that we're going to be performing here over the next few weeks, we're continuing to create further scenes. So, um, the, and we already have existing further scenes that we, we perform in tandem with each other. So the gallery uh, but, becomes a bit of a laboratory. Yeah, so we'll be adding to that over the next few weeks. So please do come back again and invite your friends and, and uh, it'll be an ever-evolving piece over the duration of its exhibition. Thank you. Great. Thank <laughs> you, Gary. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lou. Um, I think we actually do have um, time for um, one or two questions before we um, look uh, towards um, Brent Harris and his work. Are there... Yeah? Apart from defining the self and different selves, um, the dancers were involved in relationships too in that piece? Uh, the dancers were involved in relationships. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were primarily um, sort of quite abstract uh, depictions of relationships, sort of not necessarily uh, theatricalised emotional relationships, but, but they do come through, but sort of allowing, I guess, the 
the, the choreography itself, the sort of choreographic patterns that we were creating in the work to, I guess, emit their own psychological and emotional states um, without necessarily um, uh, evoking that directly. But I think that could be an interesting uh, development in, in some of the new scenes is to kind of take it into uh, much more directly psychological and emotional um, states so so that, that that will be part of the development sort of, the of piece. interactive perhaps. yeah yeah just sort of yeah interacting with each other and creating a sense of sort of drama um, and particularly in regard to Matt who's the, the key central figure and his response to to what he's seeing around him. there's actually are a couple of other scenes that you didn't see that that are, are probably more directly interactive with Matt and the other dancers and his questioning of who they are and and why they are here and his exploration of that. Um, yeah, probably it occurs more clearly in some other scenes, yeah. Hi, can you please talk about the use of the hair? Uh, the use of the hair. Uh, the use of the hair was really, it's kind of a practical thing. Well, one, all of our dancers seem to have long hair. Um, and, uh, and, and we refer, refer to that as the hairography um, of the work. And, and there's always a bit of hairography in all of our pieces because we have these dancers with amazing manes. Uh, but yeah, the, I think you know, for dancers, having hair is just an extension of their body and really adds to their sense of movement. Uh, for the mask, too, it, um, uh, it, it kind of disguises the uh, separation between their faces and the mask a little bit because you've got the hair coming forward because there's this very definitive line where you see the edge of the mask. So the, help, the, the, the hair helps disguise that. Um, and only one of the dancers has a wig uh, because he had shaved his head. So, um, so we, we kind of bought him a, a wig. But I, originally I wanted them all in the same wig, actually. I didn't want to them to use their natural hair, but when we put, put it on them, the, it just looks so convincing and so, you know, like, strong. So we decided to just stick with their natural hair. Um, yeah, but uh, sort of mainly to discuss, it sort of fuses the mask onto the face a bit more convincingly by having hair around them. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think we are filming at some point. We're going to do some, uh, in, in the schedule, there's going to be some full performances where the dancers will do the entire, all of the, the sections um, contiguously, one after another. So we'll sort of formalise those into a kind of a quasi-narrative structure and, the, and those will be, be filmed, I think, as we go along. We usually film all of our work. Yeah. It's possible the work might have another life beyond this as well, as a, perhaps in other galleries, perhaps in, as a performance piece in theatres, yeah, we'll, we'll see, yeah. Fantastic, well let's give um, Gary and uh, ADT a round of applause. Thank you. Thanks Lee, thank you. Thanks Lee. Yeah.